Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Barry Moore. I'd just like to take a minute right now to thank some of the listeners who have reached out to me via direct message, sending me either kind words or encouraging words. So in no particular order, we have Jan Van, Christias, Josh Poland, Mike Roberts, Rick at Rooster Tires, and the Rocky Mountain Dirt Riders Association. I'd also like to take a moment to suggest that you check out the Tim Coleman story. He was at the Tenerfield Terror, and my next guest was also there. Tim suffered an extreme case of heat stroke. At the time of the interview, this was the worst of the news. Now it seems Tim's not doing as well as they had expected him to, and he continues to be unable to breathe on his own. He has some major hills to climb. They've started a GoFundMe, and it has exceeded his target. That said, if you can, please donate. I'm sure that every little bit counts. Now on with the show. My next guest comes to you from Australia, fresh back from the Tenterfield Terror. He, along with his brother Turtle and friends Graham and Alex, make up the team that puts out one of the best off-road podcasts available down under. Fair warning, we tend to ramble a little bit and use some foul language. Coming up next, this is the Dirt Bike Burrito. Yeah. Oh, good, man. How are you doing? Good, Baza. What's going on? Baza. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's going great, man. Like, uh, uh, I got a chance to listen to your guys' uh, last podcast from just the wrap-up after the terror. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, how was that out there? Uh, look, it was uh, for a hard enduro. It was uh, it was amazing. It was definitely uh, what I think people weren't expecting, but we were expecting for a hard enduro. So uh, I think Australia is just kind of getting their head around the hard enduro scene. Not like you guys and you know Europe have such a hard enduro scene already. For us in Australia, it's a bit of a new thing in regards okay. to the championship. So I think it was a bit of a steep learning curve for a lot of people, which was great. Yeah, fair enough. Welcome to the big game, right? Like, yeah. yeah, this is the reason why you bought that 300 two stroke. It's to actually uh, scream it up a hill. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I haven't uh, had a conversation today with another fella about my first race. Like, buddies of mine had been running um, hair scrambles and uh, things of that nature. And then they did a whole season. So they're just like, man, it's the last race of the season. Why don't you come with us? Uh, try racing for the first time and see if you like it then you know if you want to come next season i was like yeah sure and it ended up being like the hardest race of the year it was full-on hard enduro <laughs> up two mountains you know no big deal and i was like this is like i'm brand new what the fuck <laughs> this is easy yeah yeah apologize or like yeah so that's just a casual ride for you canadians like that's just how you get down the road isn't it you have to go up and down three or four big fuck off mountains yeah pretty much and wrestle a moose uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know how you fuckers ride. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do some crazy shit. Yeah, uh, I hope to get as good as the average Canadian. Right now, I'm <laughs> subpar. Probably running, uh, you know, top of the pack for Australia, maybe. But no, just <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, no, all right. That's where we're going to start the podcast. All right, all right. Yeah, we're into it. All right, all right. That's <laughs> that's the tone we're going to set. Fair enough. So, I'm it. okay that, with that. That is the tone. If, <laughs> If you thought this was a serious news broadcast, then you you, you made a mistake. Can't be that serious interview. You're interviewing me, mate. You can't be that serious at all. Yeah, no. Uh, you guys apologize, or yeah, you do. You full on apologize to your audience. So <laughs> just because they 
got trapped in listening to one of your episodes. So that's yeah, fine. we always do. Every time we meet somebody who recognizes us, we just say, look, I'm really sorry that we've wasted a small section of your life listening to our voices. Like, that's horrific. That's awesome. And, uh, <laughs> so one of the things I found amazing, or like humorous anyway, in, the, in your last episode, was that Turtle was recognized by his voice on the side <laughs> of a mountain. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was the. It was. Uh, we were all, all there, and uh, Brendan, another one of the hosts, and and I were on the side of this hill. People were pushing, and there was bikes overheating. And then Turtle just yells. He goes, "Jeremy, someone recognized me." I'm just like, "Fuck off, Turtle! No one gives a shit." <laughs> like, yeah, someone, someone full on recognized him. That was pretty amazing, actually. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, how how old is your your podcast? Ooh, two years, if that. Well, that's Less not that bad, that. man. No, no, it's still in our infancy. No, it's uh, it's very, very small. I think it's just uh, in Australia, there was nothing around that was kind of like our podcast. We had motocross ones and things like that or adventure bike ones, but our one kind of accompanies all that, and that's how we've managed to grow and, and have a bit of a following. A cult following, I think, is the best way yeah, to probably put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of us kind <laughs> of thing. Last race of the year, everybody drank the the, the punch. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, we're just brewing it at the moment out the back. <laughs> there you are. And, yeah, I, I like your the style of your guys. Um, it's sort of like mine in that, like, motorcycles are are in there, but they're not all it's about. I guess like the experience yeah. and the ride and all the other jazz is is the story, right? Like. Yeah, I, I definitely think I think it's the um it's the stories of how they got onto the bike, which is is which is we really find interesting because, I mean, everybody kind of rides differently. That's understandable, but not everyone gets to the bike the same way. Not everyone can get to the race the same way, and I think that's that's what we really find interesting and wanted to share to people that just the average Joes can uh, go and do a Dakar or go and ride Erzberg or whatever you want to do. It, it, you don't have to be you know factory sponsored. Yeah, that's fair. Like, yeah, you had some Dakar uh, guests. You had those two fellas uh, that crossed the country on the posties. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're mad with mopeds. Mopeds, like, yeah, you would. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, <laughs> legends, man. Like, yeah, well, uh, I don't know, legends or crazy. I'm not too sure which one it is. It's a fine line yeah. most of the time. <laughs> it is a fine line. Yeah, you don't know until they die. So <laughs> That's the they, best way to put it. Yeah, you don't yeah. know until you die. Yeah, if they, if they die poor... They're crazy. If they die with one penny, they're a legend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, it's, those guys were awesome to listen back through. And obviously, uh, Turtle and Alex did those interviews. So it was really great for me just to sit back and edit them and listen through it and just go, what are these people talking about? What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, taking them down roads they wouldn't even want to take a proper motorcycle. And, yeah. And uh, sleeping on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like from what I understand, the ba- the outback roads are just like a straight line in the sand kind of thing, and uh, the land trains, which are transport trucks with multiple trailers, three yep. or so something like that, yep. just scream down and don't care. And these guys are taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we, so we call them road trains, and yeah, they are. They could be four to five, especially now. I think there's a couple of five trailer ones heading up up north Holy. of WA, and. Um, yeah, they're big boys and they don't stop for anything. You will. Uh, I was very lucky to work up there for a while, and you'd go into like a uh, like a like a truck stop or a petrol station, I guess you'd call it. And uh, one of the road trains would pull in, and there'd just be literally kangaroos 
stuck to the bull bar or the, the rue bar or front protection bar of these trucks bar, yeah. just because uh, they've been hitting. They're like, no, nah, I'm not stopping. Like, it's just easier to keep going. I'll put, pick up the rue when it's finished. That's crazy. Well, I mean, they've been putting their life in danger to try and stop anyway. Yeah, that's exactly it. So these guys sitting on posty bikes, just sitting on the road or sleep on the road. It's just like, you guys are fucking weird. Like, what's wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> well, I pitched it to a friend of mine. I guess there's a race around Australia on that thing. Uh, no, not a, not a, it's not race. It's more like charity kind of rides. There's no real race around Australia as oh, okay. of yet. But it just just got a lot of people do it for charity. Yeah, a lot of people do it on push bikes, or some people walk it. I mean, they're weird, but um, yeah, you do anything you want around Australia for charity, which is good. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, we don't yeah. do that here. It's probably because it's too cold. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or the bears, or even just the yeah. locals. You guys are a fucking fierce bunch. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we, we don't have any spiders that can kill us, really. So they have Americans, though. They're pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, we do have Americans. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they're here on visas, so they're here for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Well, my brother lives in uh, in Sarnia down there, and he works down there, and he uh, he travels to and from the border, and uh, yeah, some of the stories he tells me is pretty crazy. So how did you guys get the idea to have a podcast about motorcycles? Um, that's a – well, we – um. so we ride very poorly, though. We ride motorcycles. Most of us who talk about it do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those who can't ride talk about it. Uh, and so um, we we were very lucky to be friends with some of our first guests that were on the podcast, uh, Jake and Todd Smith. And uh, we just, like, I was sick of hearing their stories all the time. Like, oh, I did this and I did that. And I'm like, well, let's, like, let's spread these stories out because I'm sick of hearing them. Someone else probably wants to hear them. I'm sick of hearing them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was really it. Uh, we'd done some racing beforehand and I wanted, a uh, like, a caravan to sleep in because I was sick of sleeping outside. Like, I was getting a bit, you know, just a bit over it. So I bought a van and, yeah, we just spoke to mates and, we also do a lot of traveling, like you probably do as well. We do a lot of big distance here. Like yesterday, I think I did like seven hours in the car just to go down to work and then come back and the same as next day. So a lot of driving. A lot of my mates do a lot of driving and we're like, we really want to hear stories from people that inspire us instead of just motocross, which is, there's nothing wrong with motocross. We just wanted to hear something from uh, uh, perspectives of riders that we'd really like to hear from. So that's that's really it. That's what happened. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah, like, not everybody is a motocross guy. Like, I love watching um, AMA Supercross and all that stuff, yep. like the Monster Energy Cup and all that. Yep. Uh, but I'm not going to ride like that ever. No, like, no. Do I and dream also- about it? <laughs> but, I mean, there's also so many other podcasts already out there that do that, which is great. So you kind of got your content. But there was only one real enduro one over here in Australia and like it would it'd be really hit and miss. So we just wanted to listen to more guys who did like Malimoto or did Romaniacs or shared stories of how they did it. And, you know, we can't always just sit there and watch YouTube videos all day, which is what we'd like to do, but we can't. So podcasting was the next best thing. And plus, I just wanted free shit, really. Like that's, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> hasn't come yet. But, but uh, you know, that was what I was hoping for. <laughs> I was going to ask, you guys do mention a lot of sponsors. Mm. Um so they contribute a lot or is it mostly just like because they're buddies and you just? No, no. No, so we have no financial support. We um, This is all through my company. Just uh, It was just all self-funded. Uh, they just support us in regards to promotion, um, 
yeah, like that's really about it. We don't get any discounts on events. We don't get, yeah. I mean, we get a maybe get a T-shirt every now and then, which is pretty good. I think I'm wearing one of them now. <laughs> so that's oh, uh, very nice. Um, enduro. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's uh, yeah, like we don't want to take money. We feel we've from the start we've always said that the motorcycle industry really doesn't support. Well, it's, yeah, no. the motorcycle industry doesn't really support riders the best they can. Like we've got some amazing talented riders that still have to work a day job, but they'll go over and represent Australia and come forth at Dakar, and um, they still have to go work a normal day job. So I feel bad that we take money that could potentially be going to them, that could you know help them race better or, or do better. So no, we don't want to take money. So it's it's you, it's Turtle. So we have a, we have multiple guests, so we can keep the podcast going, even if we're busy. So we still work normal jobs. Um, so there's Alex, uh, Graham, Turtle, and myself. Okay, and what's yeah. it like carrying Turtle? <laughs> I don't know. He's been my brother, so I've had him for what, 32, <laughs> 33 years. So I've been carrying him the whole time. It's not no yeah, different. <laughs> It's when you have to start carrying carrying Alex and Graham. That's when your back gets really sore, you know. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> like, I mean, I I probably listened to, I don't know, twenty episodes or something. Ooh, way too and many. Way too many. Yeah, it is way too many. Like, yeah, way too many. He hasn't stood out too much until the the final bit, and then he's just like, now I just whatever. Now I'll, I will hear his voice and place it all through all the episodes. Like, yeah, he's probably just the peanut gallery shot over the shoulder. Yep. So I feel like going back and listening to see how, how yeah. he's doing. <laughs> his progression. He slowly started talking more, which is which is funny. We we attribute that to his new girlfriend at the moment. So that's a bit yeah, of a funny got a girlfriend. Tell's got a girlfriend. <laughs> so he's got a girlfriend, so now he's got all the confidence in the world, and that's why he talks so much. Now he can't shut the fucker up. Like he just keeps talking. <laughs> uh, it yeah. sounds like you guys have like a really good thing. a uh, bunch of mates riding dirt bikes, talking about it, and then whatever suffering at work yeah well, i don't really work that hard i'm supposed to be at work now i'm not really i'm not really working that hard mate obviously uh yeah i think it was just a, a good chemistry that we had um because we're all pretty much the same but we're all we all do it for the love of motorbikes you know it's not like we'd have any any kind of yeah we, i guess we all started it with the idea that no one's going to get paid from this no one's going to yeah, get no, paid from it yeah like I don't, we don't release our last names. We don't do any self-promotion. Like people don't really know us outside of the podcast, which is what we wanted because we always, from the start, we always said, if you want to get to know us, then we're doing something really wrong for the guest. You know, like if you, if you want to know my story, then you don't care about Scotty Britton or, or any of the other guys that we've just um, interviewed have done way better stuff than just us fucking sitting in a van. So we had that from the start and that's really what's, I think, kept us, you know, so level-headed and modest. Yeah, well, fair. I mean, same here. Like, the this is probably the most I've talked in a podcast episode. Like, I usually just try to, like, guide um, the conversation. Yeah, I don't have much of a cool story, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay, man. No, I, I knew I knew that I was, like, chasing a, uh, a, a basic bomb, but it's all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm... This is the first time I've ever been interviewed, so uh, it's, uh, it's it's interesting to try and uh, take a question and not give four behind it. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's because uh, so how long have you been going for? 
Uh, I launched a, a month ago, pretty much. Oh man, well, you got heaps of episodes out. Yeah, uh, I recorded a bunch. I usually record three or something on a day. Oh, wow. I'm coming to the end of that uh, yeah. because I find the third guest doesn't get a good version. Yeah, because uh, I'm pretty much drained, yeah. and I'm trying to think of not asking the same questions because I don't want it to be the same podcast just with different people. Yep. You know, like uh, so. Yeah, now I've limited it. So you guys, you do ride though. You do race. You don't just watch mm-hmm. races. Yeah, no, we compete. Tenterfield Terror. And that's yeah. the second year that they've had that, right? That's right. Yeah, it was uh, obviously yeah. last year was the last race of the year for anybody. Uh, it was quite weird. We were talking about it when we were there. When we drove into the Tenterfield Terror, uh, it was a Thursday, I think, and we drove in, which had no service. So it was about an hour from the town. So you drive in, there's no no phone service, no internet, no nothing, which is fantastic. But um, we drove in on the Thursday and the world was kind of going to shit. It was a bit weird. It was kind of like they were talking about it, all this COVID shit. And then we drove out Monday morning and it was like full apocalypse. It was like, we're going to lockdown. International flights are canceled. It was like, what the hell happened? Like we just went to do racing and now the world's gone to shit. Um, so it was a, it was definitely a weird time. So last year was the, the first year, which was um, – which was great. They had a huge event. It was in this big, beautiful valley. People should go check out the grassroots page to have a look at the photos and videos. It's just beautiful. And so this year was the same. Um, they put a huge amount of work in, cut some amazing tracks. Uh, and uh, yeah, look, it was, it was amazing. It was good. I, we didn't race. Uh, I had a car accident in August last year. So I'm still just in rehab from that. And uh, even though we uh, we we support grassroots, they still didn't even give us entry. So Turtle missed out on entry, so he couldn't even race. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so because the obviously because it was the first race of the year, it sold out in in a heartbeat. I think it sold out twelve twenty four hours, and Turtle sold uh, out. Was yeah, 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 it was sold out. All of them are all pretty much sold out. Like racing That's over in Australia. Crazy. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't even know that we have a sold out option. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I feel like. There might not be any more spots left to camp, but people will still drive into race for the day. I think it's because of the COVID. Like we're only allowed a certain amount of gatherings in like oh, yeah, in yeah, one yeah. area. I think that yeah, it's like five hundred people. Take that back. Yeah, yeah. You guys would sell out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would because there's more than ten people in a race. Yeah, I think it's like ten people and three mooses. That's all you're allowed in one place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can give up the moose, but you got to bring an American. So it's like you take the moose. Like <laughs> always, take the moose. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it was it was capped at three hundred and thirty riders because then you had support all that kind of stuff, so it would boost the numbers to five six hundred or whatever it was. So yeah, that's why it's it's sold out. I guess that's pretty intense, though. Like, uh, I guess I don't really take into account to how many people are at our races, like our bigger ones. Yeah, but, well, we've got yeah. we've got the big ones like the rallies, which is like Cohen Rally and Sunny Corner Rally. They get up to you know thousand people plus. That's crazy. Yeah. And what's your favorite kind of racing there then? Oh, that's that's a good question, and I do not have an answer because I just went and bought a, a Husqvarna five hundred one rally bike, so they're going to start doing some rallies. So yeah, I look hard enduro. I love it, but I also love because we're out in Orange. It's quite remote and we do a lot of stuff out of Condoblin, which is another little town about another two hours west of that and that's desert country uh there's nothing there's nothing better than flying through the desert you know clicking gears and you know i love that too so really anything anything on a bike except road bikes i'm not a i'm not a road bike fan at the moment oh that's crazy you guys had yeah. somebody show up on an r1 
the tenor field. <laughs> yeah, so that was Graham, our host. So we've just got the shittiest image, honestly. Um, <laughs> we uh, we all turned up, and Graham's like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there," and we're like, "Sweet, bro, this is awesome. We're gonna have all the gang together." And he goes, yeah, but I've got a ride from Sydney on my brand new Naked R1, which is like an MT-10, I think they're called, a Yamaha. And I was like, no, I don't do that. That's dumb. Don't do that. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll be fine. Sweet. Don't worry about it. Um, <clears throat> we drove to Tenerfield on the Thursday. We're like, Graham, are you, are you going to come? Do you want to lift in? Because it's an hour on dirt road, like sketchy-ass dirt road, like winds down the side of a mountain, goes through a river. I think the video is up there of us traveling through a river. And um, he's like, no, no, I'm going to be sweet. I'm going to be sweet. We're like, okay. I got no phone service, so you're on your own, dickhead. So we drove down there, and uh, he didn't make it the Friday. Didn't didn't turn up. And we're like, oh, shit, where's Graham? Like, did he die? Like, what's going on here? Like, we couldn't phone call. Um, one of the other media guys came over, Casey, and she said, oh, um, Graham called me. He's stuck in Port Macquarie, which is like three hours away because of the rain. Um He'll be here Saturday. We're like, oh, okay. Truth be told, Graham turned up on this brand new, like less than a thousand K old R1 or MT1. And it was covered in dust, like just rock chips and shit all over it. And I was just like, oh man. I was like, how was it? He goes, oh, I just wanted to do wheelies everywhere. I'm like, yeah, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like you're on a thousand CCs. You're going to die. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I went through the river. It was amazing. I was drifting around corners. I'm like, you're a fucking weirdo welcome to the dirt bike Rito. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah so that was uh that was that was graham riding r one to tenerfield why not you're always worried you guys are going to be a bunch of goons <laughs> <laughs> professionalism is the key to the dirt bike burrito do you let him put like the burrito sticker on that that bike like i feel he should at this point now no good lord no he doesn't want anything on that bike it's it's so so clean and so new but when we uh left on the on the monday it hammered down with rain like i'm talking like lightning and thunder so he had a he had a 10 hour motorbike ride because that's how long it took he took 10 hours in just pouring torrential rain and oh man yeah (laughs) riding in the rain sucks oh yeah Heavy rain's the worst because you can't see no. because the windscreen's like on your helmet, right? And it's just always you don't have wipers, so it's no. just like no. Really. And it's, it was the rain; those big fat drops, you know, the big fat yeah. drops. So turtle line sitting in the car, going, "Ooh, it's a bit rainy outside." And there's Graham in front, just like just getting hammered by rain, just like not having a good time. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's what he deserves. That's what he asked yeah. for. Like, yeah, I mean, come on, like, and we even offered to put the bike in the in the in the van to like take his bike, and he could sit in the back of the car. And he's like, no, no, I want to break in and I want to ride it. I'm like, okay, you did it. You did it to yourself. That's fair. Well, you only get one first ride on your new bike anyway, so you yeah. want to make it count. Why not ride through a storm? Yeah, and a <laughs> desert, and up and down yeah. a mountain, dirt roads. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. This is this is welcome to Australia. That's what a Yamaha had in mind when they were designing this thing. They were like, <laughs> yeah. if Graham drives an R1, if he rides that where he's going to ride it, he'll scratch the fairings. So we'll take the fairings off. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a then, good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. They made a bike for the simple being and that is us. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I bet you they would love that footage because that would sell that bike. Like, yeah. Or, the street or, bike kids yeah. who want to cross over to – 
adventure bikes, but don't really want to because they're not fat enough yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you, you want to go fast, but you want to go adventure riding. MT10. That's the bike you need. Most horsepower on a production bike. <laughs> the first useful Yamaha. Oh, that's a big call. That's a big call. I'm not gonna, that's a big call. As, as we sit here, your camera is high definition. So I see that you have like microbiology, biology, genetics, all these books behind you. Are they decorative? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, forensic psychology and uh, molecular biology, and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff like that. No, so that's uh, that's my wife. She uh, she is a yeah, uh, not me. Good lord, no, I can't. I, I only read that because of the pictures on the on the thing. <laughs> Just figuring <laughs> no, out how to hide your tracks so forensics can't figure out what you've done. Well, this is this is why I married her so that I could uh, kill someone and get away with it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a uh, she's a forensic pathologist. Oh, crazy. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? Oh, fuck. Hell. That's a story. Um, well, so we met in Canberra. So I'd finished uh, finished up with work and I'd moved to Canberra for another project that got started. Yeah, Canberra's our main capital of Australia. And um, yeah, uh, we, I was working long days there and she was studying there in at Canberra. And um, one night we'd finished like this... 13 day straight week and we were like okay let's go out we're gonna blow some steam off and i was with these scottish lads and they were like oh yeah let's go get some yeehaw like which is always bad when a scottish boy says they want yeehaw you're fucked and um so we went into canberra town and uh, they're all having a good time having a laugh and i was just blasted by myself just on the dance floor cutting shapes you know getting the getting the no, I wasn't getting girls. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and the next thing I know, they're like, Jeremy, come on. And they grab me from behind the neck. And I'm like, oh, you never interrupt a man dancing, but let's fucking do this. Drag me over and go, Jeremy, Jeremy, we just tried to buy drugs off these guys and they've ripped us off. And I was like, oh, okay. What'd they rip you off with? They go, oh, they, they gave us these pills. And I looked at it. And there were Tic Tacs. I'm like, you fuckers are idiots. Like, why did you buy Tic Tacs? <laughs> Even I can tell they're Tic Tacs. He goes, no, no, fuck these guys. And I was like, no, 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 let's just stop fighting. Let's just eat Tic Tacs, have fresh breath, and go back to the dance floor. Like, I don't see the problem here. You paid 30 bucks for a Tic Tac. You're the fucking idiot, not him. Bar for yeah. a price, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And, um, yeah, I, as I was talking to uh, the, the boys, the drug dealer and his mate just punched me in the back of the head like just leveled me in the head oh. and i fell on the floor and i was all disorientated and i was like oh shit that's that's not what tic tacs do i've had tic tacs before they don't do that and um as i was kind of bent over on the floor trying to stand up i was on like all my hands and knees one of the drug dealers came through and just football kicked me in the mouth and like broke all my teeth did my jaw broke my the top of my palate blah 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 knocked me out like i'm talking like hockey knockout i was fucked and um they stole my shoes they stole my wallet <laughs> i was passed out i was fucked and so there was a big brawl i got dragged out i don't remember any of this and then what happened was my wife well kelly was outside the club and um the bouncer and this little fella picked me up took me outside and um Said, hey, can you get this guy to the hospital? Gave her to Kel, and then that was it. Just she had this sympathy complex from then on. <laughs> Nursed you back to health and kept you from danger. Nursed you back to health, and and I was like, well, she looked after me. Better fucking better marry her. 
there are yeah. worse reasons. Yeah, that was it. I was like, this is how you get chicks. Boys, you don't have to impress them. Just get knocked the fuck out, lose your shoes and wallet, and chicks will love you. So what was what was your first bike? Uh, first bike when I was younger was a, I think it was like a Wee 50 or some form. I can't really remember. I know there's a photo of me somewhere of doing it, but the real bike I remember is actually a posty bike. My dad bought me the CT10, one, a CT110 posty bike, and so that was my bike we used to rip around the little property we had it was it was awesome yeah what was your first proper bike uh i don't really think i've ever had a proper bike <laughs> i ride feeders <laughs> well yeah well yeah fair enough uh the first bike is a kdm 300 oh that's not too bad yeah i followed the trend you know i was stuck in that following trend thing so yeah yeah it was uh, a 300 it was uh this i actually got it free uh, I, uh, <laughs> which is the only way you get a KTM to be honest, free. Um, uh, everybody's first KTM story starts out with this guy gave me one. This guy gave me this old clapped out bike, and I was like, This is amazing! And uh, yeah, I rode that for a long time. And then I had a TM 250 motocross okay. bike, yeah. And then I went to a, I went back to a Husqvarna 501 and then went to the Beta 300, and that's what I've had ever since. And then, so are you back to the 501 or are you still so have the first a, No, no, yeah, that was 510. I, I, bought, I bought the 501 from the ex, the Husqvarna race team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to make sure I do it real fast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and was it, so who got the one with all the flare on it? Was it you or Turtle? Oh, Turtle, Turtle bought a KDM 300 from Alex that has, People know like KDMs, they know KDM power parts. Yeah. Which is like all the aftermarket accessory stuff. This bike has every fucking thing you could imagine. Every single KDM power parts is on that bike. It's like 30% of the value of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> we had it at Tenerfield and guys are coming up just like looking at it. Like everything you can see is like iodized orange, like triple clamps, like breathers fucking he's one of the guys that has the fuel tank with a little uh like little breathers yeah, little, yeah yeah like everything on it is uh is definitely uh <laughs> ktm power parts when i got my husky i looked at some of that stuff and then i just like fuck it <laughs> <laughs> i think the majority of people say fuck it like what's the with that well i mean if more of us bought it maybe the price would come down because it wouldn't have to make each piece like one at a time by hand but Nah, probably the price go up because they realize how important these parts are for people. Yeah, that's their price model. It's so, more so what do you ride? I've got a three hundred TE three hundred Husqvarna. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, TPI one. No, uh, twenty eighteen. So it's just before. nice, nice. That's the one you and want. It, it came like I got it second hand, and it came with a ton of stuff like a skid plate and the Electron um, carburetor and just a bunch of nice little things. Nice. Uh, the the kid I got it off of, like basically, I rode my friend's two hundred or three hundred, and was like, "Fuck, I never rode a two stroke before. This is what I thought a dirt bike should feel like. I want to get a two stroke." And then uh, that kid had never ridden a four fifty before. He rode a four fifty, and he had the same thought line. So like we're like <laughs> two months apart in the thinking. And when I was trying to find uh, the the KTM three hundred, there just were none. And then uh, so I had to check the second hand market. Because uh, COVID like really like sucked everything up. People, all these guys in Alberta with free time, they're just like, "Fuck yeah, we're gonna go dirt bike." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, for uh, sure. So it was really difficult. Uh, and then yeah, I found this one. 
the kid agreed to sell it to me. And now you're now you're in a husky. Yeah, yeah, and it's like uh, I missed the Honda that I sold, um, but uh, I like the husky. But yeah, I knew as soon as I let the the Honda go, I'd miss it right away. Yeah, it it's always that X. seller regret, isn't it? Yeah. Oh fuck! I knew when the kid drove up with the bike uh, with his his truck that he was going to buy it for sure. And then uh, and then when I was loading it, I was like, ah, fuck! Like I can't undo what I'd done. So no, that's it. Yeah. No, it's it's it, that's why I try to hold on to all the bikes. That's why I've got a shed full of bikes. So I just can't release them yet. I'll send you a picture later of my garage <laughs> <laughs> full of bikes. I hope. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I know you yeah, guys can smoke body, weed but... over there. Yeah, I know you guys can smoke weed over there. So I'm pretty sure it's just going to be other weed, dead bodies, and bikes. Yeah, well, I don't smoke anything. That's why I can afford two-stroke fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I was but, assuming uh, that you did smoke something because you bought a, a, a 300 Husqvarna. So I thought that's why you did smoke something. Yeah, well, maybe. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, well, where we ride, it's it's a sweet bike for for the mountains and things. Yeah. And then uh, I wanted the 250. I didn't want the 300. But my friend pushed me towards the 300 because of uh, on the hill climbs, I guess, the 250. You really have to keep it in the sweet spot uh, mm. of the power band or you're going to end up running out of legs and stuck. And you won't be able to start. So, but... Um, I don't have enough experience on a two-stroke to be able to say if that's true or false. Right? <laughs> yeah, like we, we find that too. A lot of people, for some weird reason, go, oh, what do you reckon bike I should buy? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know, whatever you want to buy. But we found we have a, a wide range of bikes with us. We found that the 300 is a great bike, but you can be a little lazier with the 300. Uh, the 250, really, yeah, you could have to be really on the pipe to make sure you get all the power out. With the 300, you can kind of just keep clicking down a gear and then just chug your way up, whatever you want. So that's really good is nice. I don't yeah. always like to be fucking wide open. Like No, uh, no. And sometimes it's hard to stop when you're wide open. And sometimes here you need to stop like, <laughs> yeah. to get to the top and yeah. like there's a down. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But just, for you guys, there's a lot of downs. I tell you what, you guys are, yeah, you may have ups, but fuck, you guys have got some downs. Holy moly. Oh, yeah, man. Like, uh, um, through, you should just check out some of the people that I follow on Instagram. And they're always like up at the, on the ridge lines. And I mean, you, I think you can tell how a GoPro sort of smooths things out and makes yeah. it look not as steep. So when they look pretty steep on the GoPro, you know, it's fucking steep. Oh, yeah. That's that's the only thing about GoPro, especially when you look at some of the footage, you're like, oh, that doesn't look like that big of a hill or it doesn't yeah. steep of the hill. And all of a sudden, they make change of perspective and all of a sudden, you see the guy standing and he's like almost like 10 degrees to the uh, side of the hill. You're like, oh, yeah, fuck, that's pretty steep. Eh? That's pretty steep, yeah. And then uh, the other thing I don't like is the way um, uh, the smoothing works. So it sort of oh, takes all that. Oh, hyper smooth or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. you're flying down this trail and it's like choppy as hell and super steep on either side. And then you play it back with the hyper smooth and yeah. it looks like you just floated down like on a drone. Yeah. 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 Or for some reason, it doesn't make me look as fast as I thought I was going to. I don't know what's going on there. Something going on with the GoPro. <laughs> you got to do playback in 1.4. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. I'll put it on like yeah. 2.5, bro. <laughs> like, no, wow. no, no, no. 1.4 kicks it up just enough and doesn't get any audio st- screw ups right like <laughs> look at you you know what's going on <laughs> i'll send you a link to my my video it's depressing no no i like that yeah, yeah that's why we don't put much up on youtube because it's just all depressing i put one video up there and i've never stopped being mocked for it so fuck i'm not doing any more of them <laughs> yeah well I, I for me 
um, the way my videos were, were designed, they're more educational. So when your kid thinks like, I can't do that, you can just show them that I did. <laughs> and then the kid knows they can do it. <laughs> oh, he can do it. Anybody can do it. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, okay. I got you. <laughs> it's so easy. That guy can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes no skill. If that guy can do it, no skill at yeah. all is required. There you are. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. And, and that's my style. Like my YouTube channel is called Moto Fail uh, because I celebrate how much I suck at it. And then, because uh, there's all those hero videos, man. Everybody's always right. making their fucking hero video. Yeah. And reality is, like, we all suck at it. You know, yeah. we have these little moments of greatness. And it's good if somebody witnesses it. Most often it happens when no one's around. Nope. Nobody's <laughs> there. No no cameras are out. It's just all yeah. fail. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't know. I just think it's funny. Like uh, not being great at it is what I'm great at. <laughs> yeah, that's amen to that, brother. I, it feels like that too. Like you could do something like five or six times and like, oh, quick, get the, get the camera out and record me, do it. And you go record, you do it, and you just eat shit. You're like, well, I don't even know what happened there. It's like the camera factor for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GoPro, man. Holy shit. Like, uh, when you decompress those videos, they're so big. Like, mm. they, they eat up storage until you're done with it. But yep. whatever. And then you have all um, this footage as well that you're just never going to use. It just sits on a sits on a yeah storage unit somewhere and you're never going to use it. Well, old, old man, you might want to look back on it and be like, ah, that's when I used to get off the couch. Like, so, <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Hey, kids, come around. Watch dad when he used to ride <laughs> motorbikes. <laughs> And then you, those kids are going to give you shit for burning fossil fuels. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, electric bikes. That's oh the way God, to go. Grandpa, you yeah. were one of those heathens who used to burn dead dinosaurs to stay warm. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Will. Like, I'll do it again. At least bring back the dead dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to go that way with the electric bikes. Yeah, fair enough. Have you guys had a chance to ride any? Not yet. We keep, we, we've been offered a couple, but we keep missing them through time and space i guess but uh covid as well kind of stopped a lot of travel which only just kind of opened up it's it's been weird like you guys we go into lockdown almost like once a month for some weird reason some window liquor has done something wrong and um yeah so we we do we plan on trying to get on a couple of extra bikes but at the moment yourself no i have not uh, i mean i rode my kids oset uh it's like oh a yeah PB, yeah, a little yep, 50. yeah yeah uh, so that was fun but uh no is I've that not. a little 12 or the 16 uh, the 12, like the really yeah, small yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, my, one of my mates got, just bought one too. Oh, they're roof of fun. <laughs> yeah, they're so fast and the torque is crazy. Yeah. The little wheelies on this thing is like, holy shit. Yeah, that's the only time I can do wheelies. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and if nobody's <laughs> watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm the slow wheelie king, but no one's watching. So, so has anybody ever made the mistake of thinking you guys are like a legitimate operation? Other than myself, I mean. Like, uh, or like, like as in like riders or as in a, like a media well, outlet? Maybe riders, but like, you know, KTM or anybody, the, do they ever come to you thinking that, you know, like for reviews or stuff like that, thinking that you guys were like an authority? Uh, thankfully, no, because oh. I don't know how to turn that. I don't know how to turn them down from that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'd be like, no way. Um, no, not really. I think we've kind of stayed well under the radar in regards to that um, without we do do a few reviews every now and then because people go, Hey, you want to try this out? I'm like, people don't care what I think. Like, like people don't care what I say. Like they just want to know what the guest's saying. So give it to the guest. Um, so no, not really. I think we've been quite lucky that way. We've, we've stayed away from it. 
in regards to having to do a review of something that could potentially choose make someone buy something. <laughs> that would be frightening, hey? Like, oh hell's yeah, <laughs> man! I, I'm not a good advocate for uh, for working hard or for having kids or for buying shit. Just don't ask me for any of those three because I'll give you bad advice every time. <laughs> well, maybe that's what people need. Like <laughs> bad advice. <laughs> what would Jeremy do? And oh. then I know what I should do. Like, yeah. Uh, what would Jeremy do? That's what I wouldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buy Tic Tacs in a nightclub. Like, yeah, yeah. Just... <laughs> that that should be the new podcast. Don't do what Jeremy says to do. You could have a segment. <laughs> <laughs> How did Jeremy fuck up this day? Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's advice not to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's advice on life. Don't do this. Both sides of that, you know, like it's great and then it's terrible at the same time. But like, you know, I can appreciate the good. But yeah, appreciate the good. I don't know what would like you. You have like the other people out there, like what's his name? Uh, another Barry uh, from Cross Training Enduro. Yeah, Barry. Yep. And he's like that, like you know, do not take my advice, or this is what works for me. Like, yeah. This is not like, yeah. Don't ask me what kind of bike, you know. Yep. Like, and I think those are good guidelines. No, I also think that it's hard to give advice because everybody's so different. Like the way, you know, I say on the podcast, like everybody pees differently and that's the way I see it with everything like bikes or gear or whatever. Also, I think it comes down to money as well. Like it, it's hard. They'll be like, oh, can you test ride this or wear this? And I'm like, well, I could wear it, but like who's going to pay 800 bucks for this helmet when there's like the same style of helmet for like 300 bucks? Like I'm not going to promote this one. Like... I I wear cheap gear, like I'll admit to it, because that's what I can afford. Well, it's not what I, you know, it's just what what I feel it works. As long as it, it comes to a safety standard, I'll, I'll buy it. I, like fuck, we ride, we wear, uh, we wear Hawaiian shirts when we race. So it's not like we, uh, we're, we're not like we're, we're good with sponsored for gear. We just wear whatever you want to, I think. And that's yeah, the Hawaiian shirts are awesome. Yeah, the Hawaiian shirts are, are good. And so when you when you see us go past, you know, you can throw shit. You know when to start throwing shit. That's the plan. <laughs> Yeah, I like that uh, burrito boy. You suck. When you're oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was that was at Tenerfield last year. Just some guy just yelled out, "Burrito boy, you sucked at me," and I was just like, "Man, what the fuck? That was harsh." <laughs> Come on, it stuck. It stuck. So Turtle has a girlfriend. A burrito boy, you suck. They're the calling cards for the podcast. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate you're in Australia because, like. From what I understand is uh, they don't give up that kind of humor easy. <laughs> like so, oh, it's yeah. funny for them. Sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> Very much so. Very like in Australia, it's all about you know, <laughs> just putting everyone down around you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once PC culture migrates from uh, North America to you, things will change. Oh yeah, like, there goes uh, the podcast. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be fucked. The things you say. Uh, wouldn't fly here. <laughs> no, like, I don't. That's probably where we don't have a following in, uh, in America or Canada or anything like that. Because yeah, they're probably like, man, these guys are so harsh on each other. Why are they giving Turtle a hard time? Far out. Yeah, it's me fat shaming him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next episode that we've got coming out this Friday, it's all about fat shaming Turtle. It's fucking brilliant. That's awesome. Uh, oh man, that's too bad that that the world's gotten away from this because it is funny as fuck, and he's totally in on it. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. If 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 in it, the twinkle in his eye told me that he he didn't appreciate it, kind of thing, then you know, face to face, I wouldn't do it. But like, I can hear it on the the radio, like on the podcast when you guys are talking, that he's like full on into it. Like the, the post yeah. where, uh, and that's when Turtle knew he'd fucked up. 
<laughs> the zoom yeah. in on his face. On his face. Just like, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. And, and, you know, so he's the, the kicking post. And that's it. He's comic relief in an otherwise well, yeah. very serious. I think we're all, though, like, if you look into it's like, we, we give Alex a hard time because he's from North Sydney, so Northern Beaches, which is like, you know, prim and proper upper class kind of wankers. And, um, oh, man, we rip him every time. Like, fuck, I'm harsh on him. But he just lays, sits there and laughs and give it back to me for being, I don't know, I don't know, mixed breed or something. But uh, he'll, uh, he'll, yeah, I think it's just the way we all are in that group. We all know the limits of what we can and can't joke about. But it's it's getting getting a little close. Like we've had to edit a few things out every now and then because we know it's probably not going to work very well later on down the track, you know. doesn't age well, yeah. That's that's what it is nowadays. It's all about aging well. Like something that we find funny now, calling turtle fat. We never know. Like in five years' time, turtle may get really, really fat and then get angry. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are just saying, remember back in 2020 when we thought you were fat. Yeah. Remember in 2020 when you could see your penis turtle? Well, now you can't, you fat fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Poor fucker. Uh, But he seems like a sweetheart. Like so, whatever. yeah, he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a good yeah. kid. I think, uh, as I said, we just, we just, that's that culture. That's the way we all work down here. We just, just mock each other. It just makes it, makes it a bit easier. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Even like the whole mental health side of the outdoors as well is is hugely important um, for people to get out. And this this COVID really showed that when people were locked inside, like little little rat in a cage you know they really was longing to go out and as soon as bought like you know restrictions were lifted people were like just out on push bikes that had buried in the back of the shed for like 10 years they got them out just to be able to go do something outdoors yeah man like uh i'm a huge advocate of of the family riding together like my wife and my son we all ride um it's done a lot for my relationship with my wife like you know we're at 10 years together and there was a like not there was like a bad spot, but there was like a quiet portion where we didn't have as much to to share or talk about. You know, mm. not a lot of common interests, especially in the summer. But now we have like this thing that we both do, and yeah. it's great. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, take your it's, wife out for a ride. Yeah, I mean, uh, clowns. Yeah, that's it. Any excuse to ride with your wife? Ride your wife is is fucking good, man. Oh hell yeah! Like my my buddy, uh, his wife had trouble her bike like she got a bike that was a good size for her but then it wouldn't run right so now it's all good to go for this summer and he can't wait to get her to do a hill climb he's gonna like you know <laughs> he's just looking forward to to it but i don't know if she'll trust him <laughs> yeah nah she won't one crash and then she'll be like nah fuck this shit you're an idiot oh no she's tough that way I just oh, don't she? think she's gonna trust him Legend. Like, when he's like let's go someplace that's really nice and easy oh <laughs> I yeah believe that part yeah but she's nah. she's tough as shit yeah, yeah. Good on her. Like, what a cracker. It's always yeah. better when the girls ride better than the boys anyway. It's way fun. It is better, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, uh, no, my wife falls less than I do. So, because <laughs> she probably takes less risk than you do, though, mate. Yeah. Oh, there's that. Yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She doesn't have the ego that men are stuck with to try and uh, do something dumb. That was a weird thing, too. When I was young, I got a motorcycle to meet girls. Then I realized that because I'm always riding, I'm not meeting girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, it's 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 one evil or the other, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's it. Like uh, yeah. 19 years old, just screaming down the highway. Not a girl to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you buy a dirt bike to look cool and you end up spending like five days in the bush surrounded by men. You're like, mm, this is not exactly what I was yeah. hoping for. And then you come back to the real world smelling like you've been in the bush for five days. Like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the missus is like, just go shower, clean everything out of the van. Don't touch me. And you're always yeah. sore too. So you're just laying in bed and you're cramped like a little T-Rex with your arms. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's not, not at all what they planned no it it's actually the worst thing for, for <laughs> getting to know women yeah. and then yeah, if you absolutely. do meet them out in the woods they leave you behind pretty fast because they can ride better than you can and yeah absolutely it. like yeah they, we, yeah we're, we're lucky that we have a whole bunch of female riders out where we are and oh man they smoke us every time and you know we've we've talked to like some really cool riders now as well all females and ah, man they just make you look like shit <laughs> Oh hell yeah! It's awesome. It's so What's good. It like for for the female riders in Oz, ah, uh, hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, it's really, really hard. We've interviewed like Christy McKinnon. Uh, she's like ten time Australian trials representative. She's gone to trials those nations and done amazing stuff. But yeah, like just hard for her. You know, she's probably Australia's best and. Especially like Jess Gardner too, another huge, huge female in the sport, and um, yeah, it's just hard for them. You know, they they have to get like twenty sponsors to be able to afford to go do one race overseas, just because there's no money for female races. Oh. It, it's getting better, and I mean, there's more support and more um, kind of exposure for them, which is what we're trying to do as well. We try and get as many female riders on as we can to really promote the sport, but it's always going to be hard. There's always going to be that. You know, and not not to say anything wrong with it, but the Toby Prices, the Chuckies, all those kind of guys are going to get the reps, even though, say, Jess Gardner's won like 15 times more awards than Toby's ever won, but it's just the way it is. It's the old twice as hard to get half as much. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what it is. So, yeah, we try our hardest to promote the girls, but it's just the way the society works, I guess. It's such a weird thing. Like, you first start riding with, with women riders, you think there'd be like a gender thing or whatever. And then there's not like, it's the same thing. Like there's guys that, that can ride and then there's guys that can take their bike out to the, the staging area, you know, like yep. they, they just go there and they ride for a little bit and they, they bitch out and then they, that's it for the day. Yeah. And then there's some women riders that are sort of the same. They're just there for just to putz around. But then there's the ones who are dirt bikers. The only thing that separates one rider from the other is just whether or not you can make it up the hill or over yep. the log. I found like age doesn't matter as much because there's always the 13 year old that can do it better than anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Like on a 50. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe yep. not a 50, but like the, yeah, little eight to 13 year old on the 125 just fucking sending it, you know, yep. pigtails yep. out in the back of her helmet and just like, yeah, exactly. Well, we've got a girl called Trinity, we ride with Trinity Parker, and she's um like that. Like she is, I think she's like state record holder for like for enduro and stuff like she's fast as fuck but she's only this little like five foot something girl and she's she used to like lean with one leg like hooked over the seat and like to, trying to like balance her way down it and but she would smoke it you'd be like i take off in the single trail and you know you're pumped up and you're feeling good and you're like yeah we're going fast the next thing you hear behind her is this little one two five like ming, 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 ming. and like oh shit and then she just bram, take off past you and just like oh, for fuck's sake well, I'm going home. <laughs> That's right. It's a real kick in the dick uh, when you get beat by some little three and a half foot creature with pigtails and a pink bike. 
But yep, that's what it was. She had this this ponytail coming out the back, and she would just smoke you down. And it's like that's coming awesome. into this big rut, big break rut, and she just and you just look at her, and you'd always watch all the other blokes that had come for a ride. They're like, "Oh, that's fucking bullshit. How does she do that?" And you're like, "Yeah, talent, talent, females, man. man. Like she's gonna yeah. kick your ass every day." No, that's the one thing I've come to notice is that like where a fella can use his physical advantage um, of height and strength or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they can't, so they have way more solid technique. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they have like, I have one try at this kind of mentality. And uh, so they just make it and then that's it. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we can, as you said before, we just muscle our way through things. Like we can't get over a log. We'll just literally pull the bike over. Whereas the guest that we've got on Cheyenne Jones, she's five foot two, doesn't touch the ground. So she's like just learned all these techniques to get her bike over a log a meter high um and she she can do it she does it every time she'll just hop the log is like almost the same height as her and she'll just get the bike over the top of it um yeah i think you're right girls just figure out a different way to do it because they know they can't they don't have the upper body strength to pull it up and over so they'll figure a different way to get it there yeah on average i guess because there's girls that are taller and stronger than me so <laughs> they can yeah do majority of the people are stronger than me mate fuck my yeah, grandma's yeah. probably stronger than me <laughs> it's awesome it's one of those things though like dedication to to it the more you put into dirt biking the more you get out of it Mm. i find like i half-assed it and that's why i'm a half-assed rider yep and uh i have two guys live right close to me they are dedicated as fuck and uh it shows right like yeah it does you know from yeah it's just like the gap yeah. in the times like, like. i guess that's a good thing about motorbikes so there's no quick fix it's not like you can just do one thing and then you're you step up a level you have to like really put in the time to get to it there's, there's no quick solution to be get a better rider you just have to have time i mean there are some naturally talented fucks out there that we hate we hate juice but um the majority of the time yeah it's just hard work with motorbikes to get anywhere i mean you can always buy power parts for your bike and then that, <laughs> the no, that's level that proves that it doesn't work. Turtle's got the most power parted bike and he still sucks ass. That's fair. <laughs> Poor fucking guy. Wish he was here to defend himself because it's, nah, it's definitely. Nah. Even if he was here, he'd still be like, oh, fuck off, Jeremy. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, yeah. He's going to hate me when this when this airs here listening. And I picked on him a couple of times and I haven't even met him. Nah, look, honestly, as I said, if you go through majority of the time, we uh, we make sure you pick on him at least once with the guest, and it's fucking awesome. That's great. <laughs> it is great. Like, I just the, I don't know, the banter, the back and forth, and the feel of your your show is awesome, man. Like, oh, thanks. Man. And it's not yeah. too slangy. I mean, I mean, you say things like "you got to piss with the dick you've got," yeah, and stuff like that, which isn't that hard to figure out what it means, like. Uh, you know, the because where where I live, there's a lot of Australians, so the slang is like it's part of every day. Yeah, we we try not to put too much slang in. Yeah, we we try definitely not to. Yeah, it's it's kind of not we're not those Australians that will have like oh that's fucking dinker mate. Like we're not we're not like that. Uh, yeah, from Tassie. Yeah, <laughs> from Tassie. Yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a Queenlander, a bit of a sand groper. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't really talk like that in regards to uh, our normal dairy conversations. We uh, we probably tone it down a little bit with some of the context we say. Uh, that's right about all we all all it is. No, ninety percent of the time it's just genuine. This is the way we are. That's cool. so. Who's your favorite guest to date? I guess 
Ooh, that's a good question. That's like asking you, who's your favorite guest so far? Oh, that was, that's you, Jeremy. Like, <laughs> oh, damn, you, damn, that was a good one. That was, fuck, fuck this guy. Uh, look, I, got I don't, man. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I took a couple of whip points off because of the Canadian, but apparently you got, she got some, so I'm in, I, uh, someone's been having a bit too much maple syrup this morning, got some sugar in you. Oh, you bet, buddy, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you have it on everything. Um, but favorite guest, I think. Uh, yeah, look, I um, I don't have one. It's because every guest's different. Like you, as you would know, every guest has a different story. Uh, some guests are harder than others to get them to open up as well, which is which is more fun for us to try and you know get them loosey goosey to open up. That's that's more of a challenge, and I like those ones as well. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. Open any question. The biggest one we found is that because we interview a lot of guys who aren't professionals, they've never been interviewed before, and so then they they don't know what's going on. They just don't know how to interact. Whereas like some of the pros that we've interviewed, they have done it before. They've done interviews for articles and things like that. A lot of guys who've just never had an interview before kind of get a little bit shell shocked. They're like, "Oh, there's a microphone in front of me." I, I can't say this or can't say that, and you'll see in their brain they're just like internalizing what what they should say and shouldn't say. Um, so they're always good to see, you know, usually by the half hour period, they completely forget there's a microphone in their face. I've ripped on turtle turtle ripped on me. I've ripped on the guest, and like, it just kind of gets a bit more casual. And then by the end of it, you know, they're like, Oh, this one time at the pub, I ended up fucking fighting this guy and I hit him with an ostrich. You're like, what the hell? Like, where did that come from? So I think that's, that's what we've been trying to do. And that's why we do face-to-face interviews. We've been asked to do a lot more over the phone ones, but we found that, with some of these guests who have never been interviewed before, spending like an hour with them before we do the interview, like going over their bikes or going through their garage or going for a ride with them. By the time you sit down with them for the interview, you've got a lot more backstory, but then you've also got like this bit of a relationship going where they're just happy to start talking to talking you through our stuff. And so I feel like it takes like to get an hour, it takes like an hour and a half or more mm. um, because there's like that awkward little bit. Yeah. And it's tough, like, cause I don't, I don't come up with a script of questions because I feel as though, uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to focus on you as much. And since you don't mm-hmm. know my, my list of questions, you're certainly not going to follow that story arc. Yeah. And like, if I'm trying to bring you back to it, like, so I read that you had a YZ 250 F. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, yeah. they don't seem like I, I honestly don't think that my my audience even gives a shit about what bike you're riding. I don't think that they care even no. a little bit. I think they're more interested in the fact that you ride a bike. Yeah. And uh, you know, like it'd be sweet if if I don't know this whole endeavor of yours and and your success racing <laughs> could fund your <laughs> your uh, your existence so that you wouldn't have to do anything but talk about bikes and ride bikes, but. It'd be nice, but yeah, it's it's. I think because because we're doing this in a motorcycle industry, I don't think it'll ever happen. I mean, if it was like a Joe Rogan or something like that, we there'd be money because uh, on heaps of advertising. But that's the other thing. So we have been like um, approached by sponsors to say, "Hey, look, you know, we'll give you X amount of dollars to do this." But it'd be like one of them was like back shavers or something. They're like, "Oh, can you promote this like back shavers or some shaving kit?" I'm like. Fuck no! I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Like that's got nothing to do with motorcycles. Like if Fox or if someone like that would come on board and say, "Hey, look," I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I'll do that" because I like the gear. I actually use it, and it's something that I'll 
I'll use. But it was like, yeah, man's shaving or something. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. That's I'm not even going to say it. Don't even say their name, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're giving them free advertising. <laughs> no, you're right. I'd, I'd love to do this full time and, and, and try and get more stories out there. But at the same time, I think it's also you'll find like your, your like listeners appreciate that you're still a working guy. Like, we still go to work every day. We still have a life. We can only afford to go to events that we can afford to. It's not like we just get invited to events all the time. We still have to pay to go to these things. And uh, I think that's what's what people appreciate the most life sounds hard in australia that they they make you pay to go to the event yeah you'd like to think that if you because you guys push grassroots a bunch of times and mm-hmm. you mention them all the time like i just mm-hmm. isn't that worth 25 bucks or whatever the heck the entry fee is or like no I saw, entry fees? uh like two three hundred bucks holy shit mm. ours are, are not that that big <laughs> No, I, I guess that's the other thing. Racing in Australia can be quite expensive, especially if you start doing the desert stuff, Fink and things like that. You can get some serious money to go do that. Plus, it's serious money to go to these events too. Like a weekend will cost you a 1000 bucks in fuel and food and shit because you got to go 10 hours away. Um, no, like even if Grassroots did say that would give you free entry, we, we would still pay for it because we're still trying to support. Like we're trying to support these uh, events. Like they don't give the pros free of entry they still pay so we we just want to so no we'd we'd still pay all the time yeah fair enough i yeah we do that like i mean i pay because why not right like i i'm not in a position not to pay so yeah like uh, yeah uh, we're, we're just average joe like well yeah we're just gonna always pay i think it's just the way we, we do we, we paid for like our adventure ride with ride adv we paid for that we're paying for a couple of other rides coming up across the desert later on in the year we're crossing desert uh, with the uh, for charity we're going to link on with that and we got invited to do that but we're still paying our way through that it's just part of that's what we awesome do. yeah well, it's, if it's for charity it makes sense right like yeah if you if you don't pay you're taking from the charity that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. And people are always like, "Oh, you guys just take free shit." I'm like, "No, man, we don't take fucking anything for free." I, I somehow feel like there's a, a podcast kind of a badge of honor, just doing it on your own dime for everything. Yeah, well, that's it. Like we we bought the van ourselves. We bought all our recording gear ourselves. Um, we learned how to do recording and editing. That that was all us. We we had to learn how to do that. And for someone to come on now, I think we're because. Our ratings are quite high for some weird reason. There seems to be a lot of special people out there who continue to listen to us. I think uh, it's a it's a weird time, and our ratings are quite high. I hear that they get the internet in prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad you guys have finally got the internet over there. It's good to see. Um. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I want to thank my guests for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. A special thank you to you, my supporters. Without you, this would not be possible. If you enjoyed the show, give it a five-star rating. And if you haven't already, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. If this is your first time listening, I encourage you to take the three-episode challenge. Once again, thank you for your continued support, and stay tuned to find out what's coming up next time.